You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, let's fire it up. Let's get it going. This is a special edition, it feels like, of the FCS Fever Podcast, folks. My name is Jeff Colhane. It's the final week of the regular season. That is right. We say it every year. There's so much buildup over the summer into the month of August, and there's so much excitement around that first game. It's like Christmas come early, and then you blink, and here we are at the final game of the regular season. And even though this is all regular season contests and considered you know, regular season games, folks, these are playoff games right here for so many teams that are continuing to help position themselves, whether already in the bracket, looking for a top two seed. What about a top A seed? How about getting into the bracket as a whole right now? 13 automatic bids, 11 at-large bids are on the line here this weekend. Selection Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Central Time, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time with the FCS Playoff Selection Show on ESPNU where you will find out the 24 teams, the top eight seeds, the top two. They get home field throughout the entire uh, postseason setup. And then, of course, the matchups. It's always an interesting bracket. Regionalization is a big part of it. Can you stay away from repeat matchups at some point during uh, the entire bracket and the, the road to Frisco, the road to the national championship game? It's always a tough chore. And there are always one or two, maybe three different things that you kind of scratch your head and say, how did those all come together? So it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to get this thing rolling here with the pod today. And of course, all the big games this weekend. We're going to look at the games, what they mean, and of course, go through the different leagues. Who's in, who's out, who's got a shot. Is there a two-bid league somewhere with some of the smaller conferences? We're going to fly through all of that on this edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. Game of the weekends in Missoula, in my opinion, with all the great games. You've got the Brawl of the Wild, Cat Grizz game. I, I want to get to it at some point. Don't know how it's going to happen with <laughs> doing games on Saturdays on the weekend. But Montana State at Montana, it is one of the great rivalries in all of college football, and you could argue the best rivalry game in the entire FCS. It was fun to follow the social media chatter on both sides and from the big sky 
of trying to get college game day out to Missoula. That would have been an amazing scene, I have no doubt. But the uh, brass at ESPN decided to kiss, to stay with the big schools, continue with the big schools with Michigan State at Ohio State. Uh, I suppose I understand uh, that decision as well. But Riley Corcoran, tremendous play-by-play man. He's won a bunch of Sportscaster of the Year awards in a short amount of time in the state of Montana. He is going to stop by the pod coming up a little bit later on here on the show. All right, let me walk through league by league on what I think is going to go down, how it could all happen, how it could all look overall, and my best guess at who's going to get in and who probably will not get into the playoff field, just rolling through this thing league by league. All right, let's start with the WAC AQ7. To me, it's a one-bid league with defending national champion Sam Houston. Eastern Kentucky had their chances, but they lost to Stephen F. Austin. They lost to Sam Houston as well, and so Eastern Kentucky is out. Stephen F. Austin is an at-large hopeful at 7-3. and three. If they beat Lamar this weekend, which they should, they should be 8-3. and three. But I don't see it. I don't see Stephen F. Austin getting in. Just one man's thoughts could be completely wrong. Don't see it, especially with the other teams around the Valley, the CAA, uh, that are trying to get in. Those two leagues have some bubble teams out there, and the SOCON as well. Those conferences are better than this one, folks. That's just facts. That's just reality. Let's go to the Big Sky. The Big Sky is going to earn five playoff bids for the first time. You're going to get Montana State, Sacramento State, Montana, Eastern Washington, and UC Davis all into the bracket. That is going to happen regardless of uh, any of the, the results this weekend. But a lot of these games, they have a ton on the line. The Montana-Montana State game has a lot on the line. I can tell you that NDSU fans and James Madison fans are rooting for Montana in this contest because it would bump Montana State out of a top-two seed, in my opinion. And if the Bison and if the Dukes win their games this weekend, then it's up to the committee to see who would be on the two-line or maybe even the one-line passing up Sam Houston. If Montana wins as well, I think they're a top-eight seed. I think they get in as a top-eight. Eastern Washington plays Portland State. They bounced back in the Fog Bowl last weekend out at UC Davis. I think Eastern Washington with the win is a top-eight seed. And the Causeway Classic, You've got Sacramento State at UC Davis. That's a rivalry game in NorCal in Northern California. If Sac State wins, they have a chance to win a Big Sky Conference Championship outright with a uh, Montana State loss. That'd be an unbeaten Sac State team in the Big Sky. No, they did not play everybody. They sort of have the Powerball schedule of uneven uneven scheduling in uh, in the Big Sky, but. I think Sac State at 9-2, 8-0 in the Big Sky. They would get a top eight seed as well, which would mean four top eight seeds from the Big Sky Conference. I think you would see it happen. In the Big South, it's a massive game. Monmouth at Kennesaw State for the conference championship and the playoff AQ. Here's what I think. I think Kennesaw State, even if they lose, Monmouth wins, I think Kennesaw State is going to get in. I think they'll grab an at-large bid from a bubble team. So if you are a Northern Iowa or a Stephen F. Austin or a Rhode Island or a William & Mary, you are cheering vigorously for Kennesaw State to win this contest over Monmouth 
Two teams at 6-0 and in the Big South. It's, again, this is a playoff game for potentially both of these teams, but Kennesaw State loses. I still think they get in with an at-large bid. All right, so the CAA is interesting. James Madison and Villanova are both in. Villanova's 8-2. and JMU is 9-1. and Villanova won at James Madison, but Villanova also kicked a game to William & Mary at home later on after they went to JMU and won. But with that loss, it feels like James Madison has hopped above Villanova in the rankings conversation. And with a win, Villanova does earn the AQ from the CAA as conference champion, a share of conference title. James Madison obviously will get in at an at-large, but JMU feels like a top three or four team to me with Villanova on the next tier. So something to follow there. In the CAA, what about bubble teams? Rhode Island is seven and three with an FBS win. They are in action this weekend on the road at Elon. Rhode Island, do they get in beating Elon, or do they need some help? It would be the third team out of the CAA. The CAA not as successful from a national perspective this year as they have been in years past. Rhode Island has to win to get to eight and three. And they may need some help somewhere else along the line around the country to be the third CAA team in. I think William and Mary at six and four. Obviously, they have to beat Richmond. I don't know if they are in. I think they need some help as well out of the CAA. Villanova better be ready. They're at Delaware, a Delaware team that is out that could play spoiler for Villanova on the road in Newark this weekend. By the way, the CAA has never only had two teams in the playoffs. When the bracket went above 16 to 24 squads. All right, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, you're going to get five most likely NDSU, Missouri State, Southern Illinois, South Dakota. And I think South Dakota State is going to get in. I'm almost positive they will, no matter what happens this weekend with UND. But there's some thought, there's some thought that Northern Iowa, with a win over Western Illinois at six and five and four and four in the Valley, should get in with wins at South Dakota State, a win over Southern Illinois as well, that UNI, and oh, by the way, a road win at Sacramento State, and they played Iowa State to open up the season. That's a very tough strength to schedule. That's an extremely impressive resume overall. Uh, there's some thought that UNI uh, should get in at 6-5. and five. I'm not sure if that's the case. I, I'm kind of going back and forth. Uh, on whether a, an SDSU win or loss helps or hurts you and I in this conversation. My thought is, is that if you're a UNI fan, you want SDSU to lose this weekend because that would mean South Dakota State has six Division I wins, the same as Northern Iowa, and also Northern Iowa would have a head-to-head over SDSU. The committee would have an interesting choice to make with a 6-4 and four SDSU and a 6-5 and five UNI. The kicker for me is this, is that two weeks ago, South Dakota State was a top-eight seed Overall, it took a Hail Mary loss at USD, the first ever Hail Mary walk-off game winner in Missouri Valley Football Conference history, and then a UND loss at home to move them from top eight seed to out of the bracket overall. To me, that's too far of a fall for the committee to stomach and justify. That's why I think South Dakota State is in no matter what. And you and I would need some bubble teams along the way. Teams like Mercer, Rhode Island, William & Mary, Stephen.
Stephen F. Austin, just to name a few, and also uh, Monmouth to lose to Kennesaw State to have all the boxes checked for them to somehow find their way in at 6-5. and five. You and I is in a very tough spot. There is no doubt about it. All right, a couple more out east in the NEC. Sacred Heart has clinched a share of the conference title due to a one-game lead over Bryant, and they're playing Long Island U this weekend. Expect Sacred Heart to win and grab the AQ. UT Martin is in. They're having a historic season. The Skyhawks are 9-1 right now. No other team is in from the Ohio Valley. My Holy Cross Crusaders, Bob Chesney and that squad, they are 8-2. and two. They are in the bracket overall. Davidson and San Diego in the Pioneer Football League are tied at 6-1. and one. Davidson plays Drake. San Diego plays Stetson. Davidson has a win over San Diego. I'm expecting Davidson to beat Drake and gain the AQ from the PFL. In the SoCon, it's really interesting. ETSU is in, and they need a win for a top eight seed. They host co-leader Mercer. If they beat Mercer, they are in, and and they could get a top eight seed as well, the Buccaneers from ETSU. Mercer, though, with the loss, would only have six Division I wins, although they would have head-to-head wins over fellow bubble teams, Chattanooga and defending champ VMI. So Mercer is a bubble team. Chattanooga a bubble team. I think VMI is out. And in the Southland, southeastern Louisiana, I think Cole Kelly and the Lions are in. And my team from the word, Incarnate Word, 8-2, and 6-1. Incarnate Word plays unbeaten Houston Baptist. They will win that to garner the AQ. I see two from the Southland. There is some talk out there that Florida A&M could be an at-large candidate out of the SWAC for the conference's first playoff bid since 1997. Uh, I just don't see it. I think there's too many teams ahead of Florida A&M. I'm not buying it. I just don't see it right now for the Rattlers for FAMU. Hey, college football is rolling, and our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook have an incredible offer for college football fans. For new users, bet $1, just $1 in any game, and if your team scores one point, you get $100 in free bets. Yes, you read that correctly. $1, one game, $100 in free bets. Here's what you do. Click on the link in the show description. Sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook and make your first deposit. Make a $1 bet on any team, and if your team scores one point, that's right, one point, you get an automatic 100 bucks. thanks to our friends at DraftKings. It's the best offer going in sports betting, so act right now. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Or call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9700. 21 and older, 18 and older in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit. Minimum $1 wager eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right. The, uh, the game of the weekend is in Missoula, Montana this weekend. Washington Grizz Stadium. It's the Brawl of the Wild Cat Grizz game, however you would describe it. It is a bucket list game 
for any college football fan, FBS, FCS, however you want to call it. And uh, we're very excited to be joined now by the play-by-play voice of the Montana Grizzlies, Riley Corcoran. Kind enough to give us some time here on the pod today. Always good, my friend. Uh, This has had even a buildup beyond just this week between these two programs. Uh, You you could say the premier rivalry uh, in all of FCS college football. What is this week like locally in the state of Montana? It's pretty surreal, Jeff. Uh, This time of year, I mean, living in this state, you feel this rivalry really for 365 days of the year. And what happens on Saturday here in Missoula will be talked about. It'll be the narrative, and it won't be forgotten for the other 364. It's just so cool to be a part of, and the fact that because there wasn't a game last year, it's been 103 weeks since these two have squared off. Then you throw in all the elements of two teams in the top seven, seeding conversations, Montana State going for a conference title. I mean, you really couldn't ask for more. And what a great showcase, not only for the Big Sky Conference, but the FCS. It's shaping up to be an absolute classic. Well, and there was quite a push for college game day to make its way out to Missoula, which would have been an amazing scene. Sadly, they decided to go back to Columbus for Michigan State and Ohio State this weekend. That was a social media a uh, big-time push for, for this game, I think, on both sides, right? Even the league was involved in this deal. Oh, everyone was involved. And once the, the, the creep of, of a shadow of that it could have happened here, my gosh, Jeff, it absolutely took off. And it was really cool to see because you saw Academy Award winners. You saw politicians. You saw everybody get in the mix. The Big Sky Conference did their part as well. So it was really fun and obviously disappointing. I, I mean, I think everybody that – that knows about Montana football and just the atmosphere that you've been describing. I mean, it would have been a crazy scene. And I think the bar was set by you guys over in Fargo of what it could be as far as the FCS on game day. It it sounds like a a lame consolation prize, but at least at the very least, we know now that game day knows about Montana Mm -hmm. and and hopefully down the line that if there's a, if there's a week where let's just say there's not a top seven FBS game, that they would come here. And uh, it was just a great push. To, and just to create the, the hype around this game and college game day, again, a consolation prize, they said there's going to be a two-minute feature on this game this Saturday. So that'll, that'll be nice to get a little national spotlight. Yeah, there you go. Talking with Riley Corcoran, uh, Montana play-by-play man here on the program. Um, what have the last few years been like? It's been um, Montana State has somehow, some way been able to win the last four in this series hasn't happened like that for quite some time um i'm i'm assuming the grizz are ready for that narrative to change sooner rather than later with what jeff chode and the bobcats accomplished here over the past few seasons well that would be an understatement and you really have to go back now it's been four straight games but my goodness it's been six years since the grizzlies have been on top against montana state that's a streak that hasn't happened since the late 70s, the last time Montana State put a string like this together a variety of different ways. And I think that's what makes this rivalry so great of what's happened during the last four contests where just that bitter taste in the mouth of Montana and one key aspect, obviously the rushing attack for Montana State. What they've been able to do at least last year, the last time that these two played, over 350 rushing yards. They just took it to Montana. You go to the game prior to that in 2018, probably the the craziest finish that you will ever see with everything on the line, a playoff spot for both teams. Montana's down at the one-yard line, third and goal, less than 30 seconds left, 
and they fumble. So, I mean, it's had a little bit of everything, but um, make no mistake about it. Montana State has taken control of this rivalry. We all know Montana's streak. That's, that's the one that Grizz fans always talk about, 16 straight. But since that streak was ended in 2002, it's been 9-9 to on both sides of the ledger. Wow. So the Cats have done a good job of making this rivalry more even. And as we all know, a healthy rivalry means that both teams are winning with consistency. But there's no doubt about it here in Missoula. The Grizz uh, need to get back on the other side of the ledger. All right. So a, um, a lot of playoff implications on the line. Walk me through those as, as you guys see them. Uh, with with Montana winning and Montana State winning, what it means for both on either side? We'll go to the other side of it right now, and everyone around the country is kind of chasing those top two seeds, right? And I'm going to go on Montana State side of the thing first. To me, with a win, they would clinch a top two seed. With their resume and then coming here and putting an exclamation point with a win over Montana, a win would give the Cats their first undefeated conference title uh, since the late 70s. But I think for playoff implications, they would be a top two seed. With a loss for Montana State, I still think that they are a seed. I think they've clinched a bye already, probably in that 7-8 range. On the other side for Montana, sitting there right now, I think a win would obviously clinch a bye. And then, Jeff, I think they'd creep into the top four conversation as far as being the best two-loss team in the country. Probably Villanova would be their uh, team they're competing with for that four or five spot is the way that I see it. And then with the loss for Montana this weekend, they would be playing next weekend on Thanksgiving. Yep, there you go. That that uh, encapsulates it very, very well. Riley Corcoran, Montana play-by-play man. G- give me an idea of what, what it's going to be like there in Missoula starting say Friday evening. Um, the, the places that fans frequent when tailgating starts and just the buzz around town, how for somebody that's never been there, sort of paint the picture for me of what this weekend is like. Oh, it's special on a lot of levels. And I would even say that even on Thursday night is when people start creeping in to where Friday's an absolute just buzz around the entire city of Missoula. You've got the, the main stop in downtown on Friday that are just packed to the brim from pretty much happy hour on. Let's go 4 o'clock Friday. You've got the Mo Club. You've got Reds. You've got Stock. Those are the three that uh, they call it the circuit here in Montana. And those three are, are packed to the brim on Friday night. There'll be a crazy scene all the way until bars close from both sides of the rivalry. There's both fans. And it's probably more civil on Friday, of course, Jeff, where some healthy uh, banter back and forth between the two fan bases. And then on Saturday, it's always a noon kickoff here. I should say about 19 of the last 20 years, they tried making it a primetime game once. Let's just say that wasn't a good idea as far as people making it that yeah, far into the day. But, yep. but, but noon is the kickoff, and tailgating here starts at about 7 a.m. And people can line up at 6 a.m. Um, with all of their spots. And by the time that I get there at 6.30, it already has kind of that feel of, my goodness, people are ready to go. And that's why college game day would have been great. It would have been a 7 a.m. local start for game day, so people could have went straight from there into their tailgates. But it's just a nonstop party, and it's just nonstop vibe the entire time, and they're expecting a record crowd inside Washington Grizzly Stadium, mm. which would be over 26,500 people. So it's going to be a crazy scene. It starts tonight. Yeah, that's pretty darn sweet. Riley Corcoran with us. Montana hosting Montana State. A lot of playoff implications on the line. A lot of teams watching that game to see uh, what the winner, uh, what that would mean, specifically for Montana. That would help either an NDSU, maybe a JMU into a top-two seed 
potentially if Montana is a winner this weekend in this contest. Let's talk about the the action on the field. Give me one area of uh, encouragement or advantage for Montana. One area of concern that you have questions about with uh, this contest, in your opinion. I'm going to go straight to the strength. It's strength on strength. This is going to be fascinating to watch with the Caps rushing attack against the Grizzlies rushing defense. The Caps are over 200 yards per game. For the Grizzlies, their rushing defense, their third best in the country, they have yet to allow a team to rush for 100 yards in any of their wins this year, whereas that's the formula for Montana State and Isaiah Fonte. He's the bell cow, and he went out last week in the second half. Everyone expects him to play. That's the matchup strength on strength. Maybe the area for concern, I would say, would be up front, and that's kind of been a theme the last couple of years where Montana is chasing that ever since coach house was hired. They, they know they need to build it up front and it kind of starts with the blueprint that the bison have had where, okay, that's where championship teams are made. Well, Montana state has that blueprint. They have had that advantage the last couple of years. The Grizzlies finally feel that this is the year that they can at least match that physicality, strength, size, everything across the board. And it's going to be put to the test this Saturday. So that is clearly going to be in the spotlight. Those those guys up front never have the, the sexy statistics that guys like me and you talk about on the air. But, mm-hmm. but that's probably where this game is going to be won or lost. Give me a player or two in that, in that area, in the trenches, or maybe a guy that's not a guy with the ball in his hands that you like that can make a difference on either side in this game for either Montana or Montana State? Fascinating matchup is going to be the right tackle for Montana in Dylan Cook, the senior from Butte, and he's going up against what I think is the best front guy in the league uh, defensively for Montana State. That's Daniel Hardy. That's a matchup to absolutely watch um, right tackle against defensive end. And then a guy that's really been playing well for the Grizzlies lately is Alex Governor. Six TFLs the last three games. He's playing in the nose. He's playing in the middle. Where one would say that might be the weakest spot on Montana State's offensive line is center and right guard. So we're talking about battle in the trenches. Those are the two spots I'm looking for to see who can gain an edge. All right, so if Montana wins this game, there's some question of could there be four Big Sky teams that are top eight seeds Overall, Riley, you see, you're, you you would have seen Sacramento State, Eastern Washington, and Montana State uh, overall. Do you think it is uh, something that is realistic? You think the Big Sky, if if the Grizz win, are a team or a league rather that should have four in the top eight with what you've seen this year? I do, Jeff. This is a historically good year for the Big Sky Conference, and if that result happens. With Montana beating Montana State, I absolutely think the four teams are going to get seeded. It's a shame that not everybody plays each other, and that's the biggest disclaimer against the Big Sky Conference because the league is so big to where we don't have all of these head-to-head battles. We have a couple of them, but we don't have all of them to have that large sample size and a true meaning of a conference standing. But I would say if Montana wins this game, you are going to see four-seeded teams. You'll probably see the Grizzlies up top at number four or number five, and then what's going to be wild about this is, again, with a Montana win, the seeds might be five, six, seven, and eight. So that that would be interesting, just as far as from a numbers standpoint, where the top four teams in the country would be taking on the other four big sky schools. But I think it is valid this year, and I think a lot of that is due to the CAA being down a little bit, and maybe even more so the Missouri Valley beating each other up, to where no one except for the Bison 
have one or two losses. Mm-hmm. So it's a microcosm of a lot of things, but I truly do feel like the big sky has earned it this year. And with a Grizzly win, four teams should be seated. That's going to be awesome. And it's going to be, it's a, it's a bucket list game, in my opinion, for all college football fans, uh, a matchup between Montana and Montana state. And they're going to be hanging from the rafters all weekend long in Missoula. Riley, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time and enjoy the weekend. It's truly a great one. Thanks for coming on. Hey, you bet, Jeff. Have a great call this weekend. All right, big thanks, Riley Corcoran, getting it done. What an atmosphere, what a game that is going to be in Missoula this weekend with Montana taking on Montana State. So an NDSU or a JMU fan is rooting for the Grizz in a big-time way. There's no question about that. If Montana beats Montana State and JMU and NDSU win their games this weekend, both teams feel like they have a case to be a top-two seed. My thought is NDSU's resume is better than James Madison's. If they beat USD, they're outright conference champions in the Valley, the best league or the second best league in all of the FCS. Depending on how you view the top of the big sky and the strength there, I would say the Valley is the better of the two leagues. While James Madison would clinch a share of a conference championship, not get the automatic qualifier, and a down CAA this year that may only get two teams in to the bracket. To me, there you go. NDSU would be the two. I think Sam Houston is either the the one or the two. You'd have NDSU and Sam Houston as your top two seeds. If Montana State wins, they could very well be the one. They could leapfrog Sam Houston in this conversation and be the one seed in the playoffs. Sam Houston could be the two. I think you'd have NDSU at the three, James Madison at the four. But there's no doubt that NDSU and JMU fans are rooting for Montana this weekend in the Brawl of the Wild and the Cat-Grizz game. All right, we talked about some of the games to watch. Just to recap a little bit, again, this is a playoff weekend for so many folks out there. The Causeway Classic, Sacramento State, UC Davis. If Sac State wins that game, I think they are a top eight seed overall. UC Davis is already in, uh, in my opinion. If if they win or lose, they're going to get in to the playoffs. Bubble teams should be rooting for Kennesaw State in the Big South. You do not want Monmouth winning at Kennesaw State. That would steal a bid from a bubble team like a Rhode Island or a William and Mary in the CAA. They do not want to have that happen. Same thing goes for Northern Iowa. They face Western Illinois at home. Obviously a must-win game and the Panthers need some help. Pay attention to what's going on in Brookings. UND is at South Dakota State. If SDSU loses that game, are they flirting dangerously with being left out of the bracket? My gut tells me no. In Fargo, the Valley Championship is on the line. An NDSU win gives them the conference title outright, while USD could still clinch a share of a conference championship with a win on the road in Fargo. It would be a share of a conference title for the first time since 2005 with a win for USD. Plenty to figure out in the SOCON as well. That ETSU and Mercer game is big boy football. ETSU has a potent rushing attack with two backs that are close or over 1,000 yards at this point in time right now. Mercer wins. They win the conference championship and the AQ. If they lose, they could be left out. What a spot for Mercer to be in, even with head-to-head wins over Chattanooga and VMI. Mercer wanting to get in. If you win, you're in. If you lose, you're sweating it out, it feels like. You leave your fate up to the committee. Hi, that's going to do it for us. Sunday, a big day as well. 
as the FCS playoff selection show on ESPNU starts at 11.30 a.m. Central, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. We'll have some uh, recap of that, certainly, as the road to Frisco will be set. Our 2014 playoff bracket here in the fall of 2021 will be all ready to go, unveiled late Sunday morning into early Sunday afternoon, and we're looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out. Subscribe, like, comment, leave some notes on what you think we should be talking about, who we should be talking about on the FCS Fever podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane. Even though it's the final game of the regular season, this is a playoff weekend, folks. Settle back, enjoy, and watch all the great games around the country. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.